Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Sleep disorders. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. There's been a lot of new effort to treat, identify and treat sleep apnea, but there are some other conditions that can make people feel completely wiped during the day, suddenly falling asleep without really having much control over that behavior, and very often missed. Sometimes people are thought to be lazy or just not working hard enough, but in fact, they may be experiencing symptoms of narcolepsy. So today I am joined by Dr. Vijala, Sleep Director at Hawaii Pacific Neuroscience and an expert in sleep disorders and his research coordinator, Catherine Mitchell. Thank you both for joining me today. Aloha. Thank you so much for having us. We're thrilled to be here. Aloha, and thank you, Dr. Kozak, for having us here. Uh, It would be my pleasure to talk to your listeners about narcolepsy and the trial that we are embarking on. Well, you know, a lot of people don't even know what narcolepsy is. So we have a whole bunch of people who say they can't fall asleep at night. They may be taking some medication, supplements, etc. But narcolepsy is not necessarily the ability to fall asleep at night. Sometimes people actually have these sudden attacks during the middle of the day. So how would you define narcolepsy? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, There's a lot of misconception regarding narcolepsy. I keep hearing in the community and in the patients that if they are sleepy during the daytime, they want to rule out narcolepsy. But to be simple, narcolepsy is basically a brain disorder wherein the brain loses the ability to smoothly transition from sleep state to wakefulness and from wakefulness to sleep state. So for example, they have um, trouble sleeping at night because to transition from wakefulness to sleep, you need a hormone called orexin. Uh, it is also called hypocretin. In narcolepsy, there is deficiency of that hormone, so they have difficulty falling asleep at night. But during the daytime, this uh, lack of this orexin hormone uh, causes sudden onset of sleep. They would be talking to you and me, or they would be eating food, or they would be driving in a car, and suddenly they have this overpowering sensation of sleep because that stabilizing factor, which is the orexin hormone, that's absent. So it leads to sleep attacks, which is one of the most debilitating and the common symptom of narcolepsy. There are other symptoms as well, uh, and it depends on the types of narcolepsy. Mainly there are two types of narcolepsy, type one and type two. They are differentiated based on two factors. Number one, if they have sudden onset muscle weakness uh, triggered by an emotion, we call that cataplexy. If they have that, that's type one. And cataplexy is very unique to narcolepsy. You don't see that in any other disease form. So if you have cataplexy, let me give you an example. Let's say I crack a joke and you start laughing hard and suddenly you feel your knees gave out or your neck kind of bobbed down. So that is a typical uh, cataplexy episode. You don't lose consciousness, you don't fall asleep, but you feel the muscles weak and you fall to the ground. And it is uh, a very um, profound symptom. If you had that, you would definitely know. 
and the other type of narcolepsy is absence of uh, this cataplexy. But the mechanism is essentially the same. Now, you mentioned that it would be with a strong emotional response. Yes. So this isn't just someone who suddenly develops muscle weakness. This is some sort of precipitating factor that leads to have this happen, and it's something going on in the brain. Yes. So... Um, Narcolepsy, as I said, is a, a lack of orexin. Orexin does two things. One, it uh, maintains wakefulness, meaning it helps us keep awake, but it also helps uh, to avoid REM sleep. REM sleep is rapid eye movement sleep. This happens when we sleep, and the main purpose of this sleep is to consolidate our memories, and this is where we dream. So in order to protect us from ourselves when we dream, the orexin hormone um, makes uh, our body paralyzed so that we don't act out dreams. So now, during the daytime, because of lack of this hormone, the REM sleep suddenly intrudes into our life. Uh, so when the REM sleep comes, the muscles paralyze and you buckle down. And it is usually triggered by emotions. The most common emotion is laughing. Next is getting startled or crying or stress or getting scared. So these are the common uh, triggers. So now with narcolepsy, this is not just your overate carbohydrates for lunch, I feel sleepy, let me go and take a nap kind of business. No. This is a totally different sensation of you're going to sleep, like, like it or lump it. You mentioned you could be driving a car. That sounds like it could be fairly dangerous. Yes, yes, it is, um, and it is. Um, um, it it has a profound impact on the quality of life. Um, I've seen uh, patients who come to me at a very young age, starting from seven or ten or eleven, and at that age, and the things that they go through in school is very profound. They have a, a very significant impact on their life. Um, most of the uh, kids, they are considered lazy because they're falling asleep uh, in, in class. And when they go back home, they can't sleep at night and they can't do their homework. Their parents think they're lazy. I had a patient recently. Um, she She's young. Um, she's in her early 20s. And she can't find a stable job because she keeps falling asleep at the desk. And all her life uh, in her high school, uh, she was told that uh, she was lazy. Her parents considered her that uh, she's lazy and she's no good. And she herself believed that. And that led to mood disorders like depression and anxiety. And she was on a bunch of antidepressants. And once she was diagnosed in her late teen years uh, uh, about narcolepsy, when she was diagnosed with that, she finally got some answers, and when we started uh, uh, treating uh, narcolepsy, then uh, the quality of life uh, improved significantly. Now, you mentioned that often people with narcolepsy have trouble falling asleep at night, mm -hmm. and that you know this particular individual, it took a while for her to get diagnosed, I would imagine. So I could picture where if somebody says, why don't you just get more sleep at night, you won't be so tired during the day, someone might start to take some over-the-counter medication or supplements or something to make them drowsy at night, but that really wouldn't treat their daytime somnolence, would it? It wouldn't really treat their episodes. No, it definitely would not. Um, the problem, you know, as uh, we've uh, discussed earlier, is the lack of the hormone orexin. 
and you don't have to have that you don't go into deeper stages of sleep you spend most of your time in light stages and most of these over-the-counter supplements are the over-the-counter medications like Benadryl and um, uh, any other supplements, they tend to uh, make you drowsy initially for the first few days and make you sleep in light stages of sleep, but you're not getting that refreshing REM deep sleep. And because of that, um, you would feel um, sleepy during the daytime. And on top of it, if you have um, uh, a hormone deficiency like this, that would... Uh, make the daytime sleepiness even worse. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to The Body Show. We're talking with Dr. Vijala of Hawaii Pacific Neuroscience. He is a sleep medicine expert, and also we will hear from his research coordinator, Catherine Mitchell, when we come back right after this quick break, about what are some of the clinical trials that are happening, looking at the ways that we treat narcolepsy. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today I'm talking about narcolepsy. This is a serious condition that often goes untreated because people may not recognize that their symptoms are associated with something that may be able to be treated and really improve their quality of life. We're talking with Dr. Vijala. He is the sleep director at Hawaii Pacific Neuroscience for the last two years. And we're going to be hearing from his research coordinator, Catherine Mitchell. Now, right before we talk about clinical trials, how does someone get diagnosed with narcolepsy? I imagine if they're a kid and they're always told you're lazy or you're not doing things or if they're not able to sleep and then people say, well, it's just because you don't sleep enough at night. What would be the symptoms that would make someone come to the attention of someone like yourself, a sleep specialist, that would say, hey, this could be narcolepsy? Definitely. That's a very good question. So there are um, usually five uh, characteristic uh, symptoms of narcolepsy. And the most common one uh, in that is excessive daytime sleepiness. Now, the second one is cataplexy. You may or may not have it. And then um, sometimes uh, people uh, tend to feel paralyzed when they wake up, and it's called sleep paralysis. And that can happen in narcolepsy too. And then you have uh, vivid uh, images like hallucinations when they're trying to fall asleep or wake up from sleep, and then uh, difficulty falling asleep. So if any of these symptoms or a combination are present, then definitely uh, talking to your doctor and seeing a sleep specialist would help. Then, after uh, looking for uh, more common sleep disorders, then what we would do is an in-lab sleep study, wherein we would ask the patient to sleep um, the night before to make sure that you don't have other sleep disorders which can confound the diagnosis. And then we do what we call a multiple sleep latency test during the daytime. What that is is we basically ask the patient to sleep for 20 minutes separated by 45 minutes of wakefulness time for five times. And each time we will see, is the patient falling asleep? And if they are, are they going into REM sleep? And if they go into REM sleep at least twice, it means that the REM sleep is intruding into their day-to-day life and uh, daily life, and that should not happen. And that's narcolepsy. Would you find that those particular individuals would not have significant REM sleep the night before? 
Would that make a difference? On the contrary, um, they would have a lot more REM sleep. Oh, they'd have even more. Yes, so they would. They might even start with REM sleep, but what would be lacking is a continuity of sleep. As I said, you know, we don't have a stabilizing factor that controls the REM and non-REM. So they would be lacking stage three, which is the deepest sleep, and they'll be waking up multiple times. So even though they go into REM sleep too much uh, at nighttime, um, the quality of sleep is poor. So if somebody's diagnosed with narcolepsy, Catherine, you're doing a clinical trial. There's different types of clinical trials, and people often hear about phase one, phase two, phase three. What type of trial are you doing, and what are those different phases? Great question. So for the narcolepsy trial, the other name is the SPARKLE trial, and the SPARKLE trial is a phase two trial. Now, what that means is um, I'll, I'll first start with phase one. We'll start from the beginning. So in phase one clinical trials, we're looking to see is, is the medication safe? And this is usually the first time that it's tested or tried out in um, the certain patient population. Typically, phase one trials are less than 50 folks. And we really want to see, does it medication go where we think it'll go and does is the medication safe are there going to be adverse events that we may not have known that could happen for it so in phase one trials um, researchers and doctors were really looking at how safe they are what are the side effects are there more side effects that we didn't know about previously now once the fda um, approves the phase one trial it moves on to phase two and the phase two trial, which is what the SPARKLE trial is, we're looking at which dose is the most optimal dose, which dose shows the most amount of effect with the least amount of side effects. Typically, phase two trials are about 100 to 200 participants. And the SPARKLE um, trial, we are looking for 202 participants worldwide. And once the it passes through the phase two trial, it goes into phase three, where now we're looking at the safety and efficacy in thousands of participants around the world. And in phase three, we've already um, figured out which is the optimal dose. And now we're seeing what is the safety and efficacy with that dose in thousands of participants. After phase three, it goes on to FDA approval, where now physicians like yourselves are able to prescribe it to the general population. And in phase four, now we're looking at the long-term effects. You know, what happens if you're on this medication for five years down the line, 10 years down the line? So we're looking at post-market um, long-term effects. So the SPARKLE trial is looking at, it's a phase two trial, yes. and it's looking at trying a new medication. Exactly. Now, I bet there are some questions people ask, and one of the first ones I would imagine would be, if I decide to participate in a trial, how do I know I'm getting the medicine versus placebo? And technically, if you're part of the trial, you don't know. Of course, exactly. But there are some chances that you'll get the medication and chances that you won't. So with this particular trial, I know that you're looking at the different types of phases. So there's are the different types of narcolepsy, type 1 or type 2. And there's different durations of this trial. So someone would have to be diagnosed with narcolepsy 
and then they could potentially participate. Mm-hmm. What are the what are the specifics about the trial? Of course. So for folks with narcolepsy type one, there is one in four chance of being in placebo, and approximately the trial duration is four months long. Now the second part is narcolepsy type two. So for our folks who do have narcolepsy type two or without cataplexy, there is a one in three chance of receiving the placebo, meaning that they have two in three chances of receiving the medication, and their trial durations of less than three months long. So in this situation, you're talking all islands. This is not just a Wahoo-centric. Exactly. You're doing the clinical trial, and you're trying to have people from wherever they happen to be. Exactly. If they're on our neighbor islands, if they're here in the Honolulu area, they would all potentially contact the Hawaii Pacific Neuroscience Center and decide if they're, you guys would decide if they're eligible. Exactly. And as we all know, Dr. Vajala knows, we all know, so narcolepsy is not only an Oahu state of mind. It's found on all islands, neighbor islands. And one of the things that we really wanted to um, focus on is bringing access to the community, which is why we are so grateful to be here to speaking with you, Dr. Kozak. But definitely, um, neighbor island, we are able to provide for travel as well as um, as well as accommodations, um, because this clinical trial, it's, it's, we're really excited. We think it's a game changer, and we're really excited to let the community know about it. Now, somebody I would imagine would be previously diagnosed, and then if they were to be in this clinical trial, they might do subsequent sleep studies. You mentioned the exactly. multiple sleep latency yeah. study that you yes. talked about. So they would probably have to do that more than once throughout the trial. Yes. Exactly. And that would how it would monitor if the medication is effective or not. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I would uh, add to that is uh, they would have to be uh, uh, willing to stop the medications that you're on that they're on right now, um, and uh, for the duration of the study. And this um, uh, the investigational drug uh, that we are trying out. It's a first in class. Uh, medication, meaning there is no other medication that works like this medication that is approved on the market. And essentially, this drug uh, mimics the orexin brain hormone. So it goes into the brain and it uh, uh, binds to the places where the orexin is supposed to, but it is not binding because it's not there. So this drug fills that gap. And we are looking to see if filling that gap is going to improve the symptoms. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are the treatments currently on the market for narcolepsy and how this new orexin mimic might just be, as Catherine Mitchell said, a game changer. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have in the studio Dr. Vijala, sleep director and sleep specialist at Hawaii Pacific Neuroscience, and his research coordinator, Catherine Mitchell. Now, right before the break, we were talking about a trial that is being done for people diagnosed with narcolepsy. So in the beginning, we talked about what is narcolepsy. There is a trial available for people who have that diagnosis. And I'm curious, that means that there are some medications out there right now that potentially are given to treat this. What sort of medications are used for narcolepsy? Yes, there are. uh, So basically, three different 
classes of medications and three different approaches to treat narcolepsy. One is to make them sleep better at nighttime and then uh, to keep them awake during the daytime and then to manage the mood disorders associated with narcolepsy. So at nighttime, um, we would give medications that could help them sleep, and the most um, famous one out of them is Xyrem, which is gamma-hydroxybutyrate. Um, that uh, basically helps them sleep at night, and it also helps with cataplexy. And then we have stimulants during the daytime that are also given for other uh, conditions like ADHD, you know, the Ritalin, Adderall, um, all these medications, um, they manage the symptoms, but they don't get to the root cause of narcolepsy. That's where this investigational drug comes in. It tries to mimic the orexin, which is the basic deficiency in narcolepsy type 1. And the whole point is to see if that is going to make any difference. So in this situation, you mentioned mood disorders, that the third approach is to treat the mood disorders. Yes, what mood disorders are we talking about? Most commonly, um, depression and anxiety, lack of sleep, and being perceived as lazy and not being able to keep a good social life, um, lack of social interaction, and also um, the lack of orexin hormone. It not only uh, affects your wakefulness and uh, sleep-wake cycle, but it can also affect some hormones in the brain like serotonin, dopamine, so which could physically cause depression as well, but then the uh, psychophysiological or social interactions that uh, people who have narcolepsy face pushes them towards that. So in an attempt to uh, treat both of these, some uh, tricyclic antidepressants, and some uh, common medications that uh, are given to treat depression and anxiety are also given um, to treat um, uh, narcolepsy. They have also been shown to benefit cataplexy, although we don't know the exact mechanism of how they benefit and why they benefit, but they have been um, uh, used uh, in the past and even in the present now. Well, and it, it kind of strikes me that I would imagine that people diagnosed with narcolepsy might be on the younger age groups, but that may not necessarily be the case. Yes. When you see folks, what is the most common age group that you're finding this diagnosed? Yeah. I, I suspect in medicine we might be missing it. Yes, yeah, definitely. So narcolepsy presents from anywhere uh, between uh, seven years to late 20s. That's the most common age of presentation, but it can happen at any age of uh, uh, life. And another um, point that I wanted to uh, uh, bring to attention is um, the, the reasons why we get narcolepsy. Um, so the most common reason that uh, it has been um, uh, out there is autoimmune, wherein your immunity, your immune cells attack the brain cells that produce this orexin hormone and cause narcolepsy. But the other um, also cause is brain injuries. Sometimes when people have traumatic brain injuries, uh, it can damage the part of the brain that produces this essential hormone, and that could lead to narcolepsy, and that can happen at any age. Well, and that kind of brings to mind the thought that, you know, what are some of the consequences of people having undiagnosed narcolepsy? So you mentioned that even TBI, traumatic brain injury, could injure those orexin-producing cells. That's one mechanism. I often wonder 
what are the other possible side effects of untreated narcolepsy? I mean, other than obvious danger to yourself, I mean, if you were to be driving and this happens, or if you were to have something else occur, but also there's probably some physiologic effects as well. Because sometimes when people are sleep deprived significantly enough, they almost feel like they have had traumatic brain injury. Yes, definitely. So um, one of the uh, main um, side effects or long-term complications of narcolepsy is cardiovascular uh, disorders. And the main reason for that stems from lack of sleep at night. So when your sleep is interrupted and when you're not getting a refreshing sleep, the inflammatory uh, response in your body, the the inflammatory bad chemicals in your body are released and they can lead to, they can damage the blood vessels in the heart in the brain and um the and this could lead to increasing the risk for significant cardiovascular disorders it is not only uh, true for narcolepsy but for any sleep disorders in general insomnia which is lack of sleep or difficulty sleeping um, sleep apnea, to, I would think. Yeah, sleep apnea. We're definitely. discovering a lot of different side effects of chronic untreated sleep apnea. Yes. And I think that's just sort of bringing to light some of the difficulties with inadequate sleep. So you mentioned that really any sleep disorder could lead to these cardiovascular issues, metabolic issues, etc. Exactly, yes. So there are uh, multiple different mechanisms of why this happens, but the main important part is, um, in simple terms, stress. When you don't sleep, your body reacts to the stress. When there is stress, there are stress hormones that are produced in the body. And these stress hormones put your body into hyperdrive. And when it is when your body is in hyperdrive, it could lead to, uh, uh, as we all know, stress is not good for your heart. Stress is not good for your brain. And it could lead to memory loss, stroke, heart attack, all sorts of very bad cardiovascular consequences. In fact, I know in the patients that I treat for apnea, which is the most common sleep disorder that I would see in my office, I often see their sugars get better, their blood pressure gets better. They're able to exercise during the day because they have energy. So they lose weight. They feel physically better, almost to the point where in some cases they do so well, they they cure their apnea. They don't even need to use the mask anymore because... They do a repeat sleep study, and they have no more sleep apnea. So it potentially could really have significant implications. So in this case, you're mentioning that treating narcolepsy correctly could actually lead to some of the same benefits because it's that chronic stress that your body is under physiologically. It may be psychologically stressed, but physiologically definitely as well, that restoring that could really make you feel better but also be better. Yeah, definitely. And Narcolepsy has been shown to be associated with obesity, um, which happens because of this increased stress. So when when the stress is increased, cortisol, which is a stress hormone, is increased, and then the insulin resistance is increased. And when that happens, your body um, uh, tends to go to metabolic changes, and this could lead to obesity. So when we treat um, narcolepsy, then a patient obviously will feel better. They have much more energy during the daytime to do physical activities. And this hormone regulation gets better and the good hormones increase in our body and that leads to positive effects. So not only 
um socially uh, patient feels better and he's uh, he or she is recognized uh, by their peers um in a positive way but also physiologically your good hormones go up and the bad hormones go down stress goes down your body feels good boy you have me sold i want that even though i don't think i have narcolepsy i'm pretty certain on that uh Catherine, you are the research coordinator how would people find out more if they have this diagnosis and they want to consider participating in the Sparkle trial? Of course, they can call us at the Hawaii Pacific Neuroscience Sleep Disorders Research Center, and our phone number is 808-564-6141. Once again, that's 808-564-6141, or they can email us at info at hawaiineuroscience.com. Excellent. Well, I have to thank both of you for sharing your expertise with us today. I feel like I have learned a whole different world of sleep disorders, narcolepsy, why it's important, how we need to treat this, and also hopefully make sure that people don't have this missed because I think there are some situations where it just might be. So thank you very much. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. We heard from Dr. Vijala, sleep director at Hawaii Pacific Neuroscience, and from his research coordinator, Catherine Mitchell. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more about health issues right here on The Body Show. See you then. Woo!